Hello, hello. It's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. I am so excited about this conversation with Nye. She's an esthetician. She knows so much about skincare. She gave me so many good tips just about washing my face. There is a body care product, spoiler alert, from Necessaire that I have had for so long. And so many people love this body scrub. And I was like, it's not really giving what all of you are saying it's giving. And she gave me this tip for using body scrubs that is a game changer for me. So I'm super excited to share that with you all. If you already follow Nye, you may know her as LA Beautyologist. Her whole thing is that she teaches women of color to care for their skin. And she talks about how kind of like in the early days of YouTube and skincare education, she saw people talking, but she didn't see anyone who looked like her. And she knew that that information coming from someone who looked like her would be more impactful for black women. So I just love that point of view. I feel like it's so much aligns with what I've tried to do with Naked Beauty. And I'm just so excited that I could have her on. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Welcome, Nayamka Roberts-Smith, a.k.a. Nye, or the LA Beautyologist to Naked Beauty. I am so excited to have you on. Yeah, so excited to be here. Thank you. And you are like a skincare expert, an esthetician. You know, I've never had an esthetician on the podcast as many years as I've had this podcast. And I also, I, I don't see an esthetician. I see a dermatologist. I get facials sometimes, but I don't have like a regular esthetician. So I'm very curious about the relationship and what you do with clients and how you got into it all. So... We're going to get into all of it. Talk to me about beauty culture for you growing up. I know that your family is Jamaican, but what did beauty culture look like for you growing up? Beauty culture for me, cosmetology. She went to school for cosmetology when I was about five. She never worked in a hair salon. She kind of just, she did hair for the family. She braided my brother's hair, my hair, washed it. We both relaxed her another time. Um, so talking to her, she's always said that like it was worth it for her to get her license, even though she didn't like work in a salon. But I was always kind of like my mom's like Barbie doll. <laughs> she would just do stuff to me and I would just sit there like, okay, like, you know, just down for the ride kind of thing. Um, so I was really able to kind of like observe and being on the receiving end, it really, I, I love the way that like kind of like doting over someone kind of makes you feel so like loved and taken care of. And then I started kind of doing that for my friends. And again, you could see how that makes them feel so like loved and taken care of and safe. And I feel like I had just translated like taking care of someone physically to caring for them, like their emotional well-being at the same time. Yes. It's so interesting you bring this up about 
how good it feels to help someone, especially with skincare. We had guests come over for dinner last night and one of the women was like, I have really bad melasma. And of course you, like me, you get sent mil- I have I have more products than I can use in a lifetime, but I save them to give to people. <laughs> and I was like, do you use vitamin C? And she's like, no. And I was like, do you use sunscreen? She's like, of course, every day I was like, okay, I have this vitamin C, add it into your routine and like keep me updated on how the melasma and dark spots are going. So I'm like really excited to hear back from her. There's something so rewarding about being able to, yeah, like nurture people in this way. Oh yeah, very, very much. It's like my favorite thing. I used to call it like a, like a Mario star, you know, like it kind of like helps people like light up and like be more powerful and like be themselves more. Like you get to see more of themselves when they're not, worried about other things about their physical appearance. Now, when did you realize that you wanted to become an esthetician and kind of have a career in beauty? So I was actually a nail tech when I decided I wanted to become an esthetician. I had, um, so I dropped out of college. Don't tell me you can do hair too. No, 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 no. I hate doing hair. <laughs> okay. I'm like, cause you can't be good at nails and skincare and makeup. And, like you have, you have to have one, everyone has one weakness. Yeah. Oh, hair is a hundred percent my weakness. I have done hair in the past. I've done hair for friends. I've done my own. I hate doing hair. Hate it. Hate it. I get like a quarter way in. I'm like, what did I just get myself into every time? And I'm like, I I can't. I no. So hair is absolutely a hundred percent my weakness. But um, yeah. So I was a nail tech first. I had dropped out of college. Um, I was studying anthropology and political science, and I was like, "Mm, don't like this that much. And I didn't like it as much as my peers did. I knew it wasn't for me based on like how much everybody else was into it. And I was like, oh, I just kind of like this casually. (laughs) I can't read, like, I'm not into like, I'm not going to read all these books. I don't really, I'm not paying attention in class. Like, I don't care that much. And at the time I also realized I had undiagnosed ADHD. So like being interested in the thing and caring about the thing is like imperative to getting the thing done. And I just could not get it done. What I did have was like a um, a nail salon desk. Well, no, it was my work desk, but I made it into like a nail salon desk. So I would do like my friends, like lashes. No, I didn't do lashes. Lashes, uh, brows. I would do hair. I would do nails like out of my college dorm. So when I dropped out, I was like, okay, let me at least, I know I like doing this. So kind of like, let me lean in a little bit. Um, so I went to school for nails and the school I went to nails for was also an aesthetic school. So I got interested in aesthetics at that point. I didn't really know much about it or that it was a real job or that I would like it. Um, but I love like the science element to it. So then when I started working, I started working at a, a spa um, doing nails. They had a, a really great team of estheticians and um, the owner of the spa would constantly have like continuing education. And I just found myself really, really interested in the continued education that the estheticians were doing. I'm like, what are they doing? That sounds so fascinating. I would be eavesdropping on the door. I would like go in like while they were taking breaks and kind of like look at like the, you know, little pamphlets and like informational sheets and stuff like that looks so cool. So I eventually decided to go back for aesthetics. Um, Once I kind of felt like I had reached the ceiling on nails. It's really hard to make a living doing nails. It's possible now, I think, because a lot more people are into like nail art and dramatic things. But at the time, um, no one really cared about nails. It was not really like a thing. It was super, super, super niche. So I was like, let me expand into something that feels more purposeful and like feels like I can get further in it. That's where I started. That was probably like 2013 or 14. Wow. So you've been working on skin and skincare for a very long time. Yeah. It sounds weird to be like 10 years in, but 
I am. So, so you see lots of different people with lots of different skincare concerns. What are like the most common things people are coming to you and asking for your help on? Is it that they need to build a routine? Do they have specific problem areas? I would say the most concern that I get is from people, two things, people trying to treat hyperpigmentation is always the biggest one. And people who already use too many things asking if they can add another thing. <laughs> I'm always like, no. Always. I'm like, no, take this out, take this out, probably take that out. And then you can, you know, like, so like kind of like tweaking routines, a lot of people use a lot of things and you don't really need to use that much. And a lot of things kind of like overlap a lot of ingredients, a lot of products overlap, but I think without like the foundational knowledge, you can kind of really easily get like tricked or like looped in. It's like a snowball effect. Oh, well, I need this. And I have this problem and I need this. So I'm always really, really big on multitasking ingredients and multitasking products to reduce, kind of reduce our use, all these stuff. Well, you started this viral trend, uh, the 60 second rule. Please explain what the 60 second rule is. Yeah. So the 60 second rule is using your fingers, has to be your fingers to cleanse your face for 60 seconds. Um, making sure that you are, you know, massaging all areas of the face, your hairline underneath your chin, around your nose, um, making sure, you know, it, it helps to kind of warm up the skin a little bit, help dissolve like the sebum and congestion in specific areas. Um, and it also allows, especially if you're using a cleanser with active ingredients or just any like powerful cleansing ingredients to really like get in and do its thing. I really seem to realize that people were kind of just like putting cleanser on their face and washing it off. And I was like, no, 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 we can't. No, that doesn't. <laughs> no, we can't do that, guys. Especially if you're spending like $30. Like I love cleansing. I love cleansing. And I know some people are like, oh, cleansers on your face for the least amount of time. Who cares? I love cleansers. I will I will drop money on cleansers. <laughs> um, so I, what are I, some of your favorite cleansers? So the cleanser that I was like working with when I was developing a 60 second rule was uh, Peter Thomas Roth glycolic, 3% glycolic. It's one of my favorite intro cleansers um, to anyone uh, introducing their skin to any like stronger exfoliants, um, something that like washes on, washes off. It's super effective. I love that cleanser. Um, I don't use it so much today because I use so many different other ones, but that one is definitely still one of my favorites. Um, what else? Allies of skin, molecular, what's the name of it? Hyaluronic molecular silk aminos. <laughs> the names are always has, so complicated. Oh my God. Yeah. Especially allies of skin. They have like some names, but that one, it is like in a silver bottle. It is, yes, it is gorgeous. Like it makes your skin feel like, you know, conditioner in your hair and you're not sure if you wash it all the way out because your skin hair just feels so soft. So soft, yeah. That's what it does to your face. And it's it's beautiful. It's such a good, such a good cleanser. It makes sense that you would wash your hand, wash your face with your hands, but is this idea also that you're kind of like doing facial massage? Like why why the 60 seconds with the hands on the face? Hands are very important because I find with other cleansing tools. Um, you can over cleanse your skin really easily. I feel like hands keep it gentle, but also hands make you more intentional. I feel like it gives you a moment to like really assess your skin. Um, it gives you a moment to like take time for yourself, even, even if it's just, you know, while you're cleansing your face for a minute, like give yourself a second, like you don't need to rush through, you know, like everything in your life, like take care of yourself, you know, like really, really cleanse your face properly. Take the day off. I think there's a mental aspect to it as well. 
and yeah, it also like you, you get the the warmth of your fingertips. A lot of makeup artists do this with makeup products, but the warmth of your fingertips will like really help kind of uh, warm up your skin. It's a very mild amount of friction that is just a nice warming that really helps to like digest, decongest, and get a lot of like congestion, dead skin up without doing scrubbing or you know a lot of like manual exfoliation it's just that like consistent no i feel like your body knows your body so it's like what better than your fingertips to you know like massage your skin you know you get a you get a good reaction from just you know you know what as you're talking it reminds me a little bit of finger detangling right you have the 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 least breakage when you're detangling your natural hair when you're doing it with your fingers versus some sort of device and I'm thinking back to the Clarisonic spin brush and when the Clarisonic spin brush was super popular and people were just like basically <laughs> destroying layers Literated. of skin. It's just like not good. So I like this ethos of like your hands know your hands. Now, I know we've been talking about washing your face for a very long time, but I have, I have more questions. Hot water, cold water, room temperature water. Some people do like a splash of cold water at the end. People like believe in that. What are your thoughts on water temperature? And then also... I know you live in Los Angeles. A lot of people talk about filtration. Do you filter the water that you use to wash your face with? I don't filter the water that I wash my face with, but I should, like I could. Um, That would definitely be beneficial. The water in LA is really harsh. And when I use I when I used to live in other parts of LA, I noticed that my skin was much worse um, because the water wasn't as good. But now it's not as bad and I've kind of mastered it. So it's not super important to me. But if someone were to tell me that like their hair and skin were getting really dry, I would definitely recommend it. In terms of water temperature, it's lukewarm. Just a very like as cool as you can tolerate it. Um, but it doesn't have to be cold. I personally hate cold anything. Um, so like, you know, like I don't like cryofacials. I don't like the splash of cold water at the end. Like I, I hate all of that. <laughs> hate. I, uh, it makes me sound comfortable. So I generally just recommend cool everything. And then the products that you use in your routine, keep them very like anti-inflammatory and calming. It's also has this very similar effect than like icing your face. If you have inflamed acne, definitely, you know, ice your face before you, I used to recommend not to wash your face in the shower, but if you lower the temperature of your shower water a little bit, you can wash your face in the shower just fine. I think it only really is a big deal if you have very dry skin or if your skin is very inflamed. I think in those two cases, you're going to see the most difference um, from whether you're doing a lukewarm to cold water temperature, but for everybody else, I guess it's just whatever you're comfortable with. I think personally, I haven't really seen anything like definite that makes me feel like you have to lean in all the way. Yes. And you have incredible skin. Have you always had great skin or have you ever had problem areas that you had to tackle? I have not always had great skin. I had good skin, like pretty, like (laughs) good skin in 2010 was different than what good skin is considered now. Let's talk about this because I agree. What do you think the standards are now for good skin? Oh my gosh. People want like poreless, perfect, glowing, glass glass skin. They call it dolphin skin. It's not like real. It just doesn't exist. It doesn't doesn't exist exist in real life. Like you're human. Like you have pores, you have You're not a dolphin. You have, yeah, like 
or a baby, like you, you know, <laughs> like you're a whole human, like you have a lot going on in your body and it, you know, your skin interacts with the environment. It interacts with your body. Like it's going to look like it does those things. So 10, I had good skin standards. <laughs> um, you know, maybe a little texture here and there. I've always been slightly dry, but you know, for the most part, no like serious acne or like large pores, not oily skin or anything like that. Once I came out of um, aesthetic school, my skin was awful, awful. Daily facials sounds glamorous, but it's actually horrible for your skin. Destroys your moisture barrier every day where we are exfoliating, cleansing, masks, like just, just too much, doing too much. So trying to get your skin back to normal after aesthetic school is like your first true test as an esthetician because everyone has to do it because it just completely very, very bad. So of course, I also hyperpigment very easily. Um, so that was something once I figured out how to clear my breakouts, I had to figure out how to clear my hyperpigmentation. And it took about maybe a year and a half, but I finally got it right. And then I moved to LA and my skin was a complete disaster. Okay? <laughs> and I had to figure out how to fix it again. And then I had a, a, a bout of maybe cystic acne for two years after I moved to LA. Then I figured that out and now we're good. I'll stick break out here and there, but um, for the most part, you're in a good spot. Now you talked earlier about figuring out the basics. What would you say are like the building blocks for a good skincare routine that everyone should have? A cleanser for your skin type, first and foremost. I love exfoliating cleansers. So sometimes I'd say, you know, two cleansers, one that's maybe a little bit more active and then one that's like completely non-active, super gentle, the blandest cleanser you can think of. I huge, huge hydration person. I think everyone should have a toner or hydrating serum in their routine, whether or not they have any other concerns. Um, I know everyone's always, uh, I don't see a lot of other people say that like toners or hydrating serums are like essentials, but I have never seen it gone wrong. Like I've never seen you add that in and your skin didn't immediately improve. Like it's always going to be an improvement. And I think that it just helps your skin, your barrier function. Um, and then of course, a moisturizer and an SPF. So what's that for? Yes, those essentials. Now I have been following you and your wonderful wisdom for a while. I want to get into your taking your expertise to the next level and starting your YouTube channel. But I also want to talk to you about, maybe it's a difference of opinion we have, but we should talk about it. So I love a DIY homemade. Like I will go and like take some Rasool clay and some water and a little bit of oil and make a mask for myself. I will do the Manuka honey on the face. You are not a fan of that, correct? No, correct. <laughs> okay. So talk to me about why you don't like natural beauty DIY treatments because I personally love them. There are maybe two products, two ingredients that I wouldn't mind on the face. I don't think that bentonite clay is that bad. Clays are, you know, clays are clays. It's not going to be that much different than like a product. Um, and Manuka honey, absolutely love Manuka honey on the face. I do. I truly do. So natural ingredients have the ingredient that you're looking for in them. Like for hypothetically, let's say like vitamin C, like there's vitamin C in lemons, there's vitamin C in oranges, but there's also a whole bunch of other things that you don't want on your skin. You know, like the citric acid, you don't, it's, it varies so much from one lemon to another lemon, you know? So like, there's no real like control. And I also feel like because there's no real control, it's so likely that it could irritate your skin. 
Um, everything can irritate the skin. So it's like, if you're willing to deal with irritation, then like, sure, I guess. But, um, I find that it's like, I can't recommend it and know that it will help you, you know, like, it's kind of just like, mm, you know, like, so if it's something that's fun for you, you know, sure, go ahead. Um, I hope that you have, you know, like ingredients on hand that will help treat any like type of irritation, but the likelihood of irritation, I feel like is much higher than the likelihood of um, success with it. So I'm just like, stay away for the most part. <laughs> yes, it's it's certainly riskier. And I've probably made mistakes in figuring out what works best for my skin. But I do love like mixing together my little natural oils to make my own serums at home. So that's helpful to hear. Yeah. Lemon is just in general, like a very harsh ingredient. I think about the beginning of even the natural hair movement. There was some mask that was like super popular. Everyone was recommending like a hair mask and it had like coconut aminos. It had all this weird stuff in it. The baking soda was one of the ingredients. And I like put that in my hair and my hair felt terrible afterwards. And it's like, well, no wonder you did this like science experiment at home. Oh my God. One time I, there was one that recommended putting like, it was like mayonnaise, bananas and avocado i was picking banana out of my hair for like two days i thought i was gonna have to shave all my head off, hair off i could not get it out for the life of me it was awful that's probably where where i swore off of diy <laughs> right right then and there i was like i'm never doing this again i'm going to the store give me all the products in the bottles i need the preservatives i'm done <laughs> Now you started your YouTube channel. What prompted that? You were like, I'm going to just take this to the next level and just do the whole content creation thing. What's that been like for you? Yes. So I started my YouTube channel in 2016. I filmed my first, I filmed the first video like a month before, a month or two before I moved to Los Angeles. And then I published it maybe like two days after I moved here. And I had only gotten my aesthetic license maybe like a year prior. So um, I really kind of did it at the same time. Like I, I really grew into my knowledge of um, skincare with my channel. I would just take what I knew at the time and what I learned at the time and just tell people where I was yes. in my journey. You know, I'm so. going to I'm going to pause you right there because I think that's such a valuable gem for people listening. I think so often people feel like I have to wait to become an expert to then launch and start doing my content creation journey. But there's something so powerful about growing with your audience. You're basically able to take them on this journey with you and you don't have to wait until you're like this like seasoned vet to begin. So please continue. Yeah. And it's like, you know, things now. You know, like your experience, what you have gone through, what has gotten you to this point is still valuable, even though you're not, you know, this deep season, you know, 20 years in expert, like you, you still have to share and like the way that you share it and, you know, all of those things. So for me, once I went to aesthetic school, I really realized that like women of color, specifically black women didn't know as much about their skin as uh, my white peers, like just at base level. So that's where I started, like, you know, very at base level, just trying to like even the playing field and let people know um, a little bit more like in depth about their skin. At the time, there wasn't a lot of professional. There wasn't like any professionals on YouTube, honestly, um, talking about skincare is a lot of just like DIY, a lot of bloggers. Um, it was really hard. There are some hair professionals, but for skin, it was like no man's land. Um, so especially for black professionals. So I was like, okay, this is going to be like, I'm filling a space, you know, like I wasn't intimidated by the fact that there was no one doing it. I was extremely excited. I was like, you know, this is super important, you know, like this is necessary. 
so yeah, it was kind of just like, I really want to help bridge that gap. And it's not like a luxury to take care of yourself and take care of your skin. People always, you know, like consider facials kind of like othered or like luxury and it's not their fault. I mean, like the skincare industry markets to, you know, white women with a lot of money. They teach you, they literally teach you that in aesthetic school. They teach you that when you go to like, you know, aesthetic and spa marketing events, you know, they're like, oh, who's your time demographic? And they bring up the chart and, you know, these people go the most. And it's always, you know, like white women ages 35 to 36 with disposable income. Wow. They specifically say white women? Yes. Wow. Wow. You know, it's reminding me, I had um, Chanel Tyler on the podcast and she was saying that, you know, she worked at all of these luxury skincare brands and she said that it was, I mean, not sometimes explicitly said, but sometimes not explicitly said that like they just didn't see black women as a target consumer for these luxury skincare products, which is so interesting to me considering how much money we spend in over-index on skincare. Right, exactly. And I mean, we spend that much is because of dissatisfaction. Like we're just constantly searching for things that will work for us and like what is actually for us. And like that also made me realize that like the information is lacking and the communication is lacking, you know, like you can have all this information about, you know, vitamin C or, you know, sunscreen or whatever it is. But like, if you're not talking directly to a group, they're going to bypass it. They're going to think it's not for them, you know? So I think that was also like who I prioritize was really important for me. Yes. Now for people that are tackling tough issues like hyperpigmentation and acne, what types of products do you recommend they integrate into their routine? So first, if you're trying to tackle acne, I always recommend doing barrier repair first. Very, very hydrating ingredients, very, very calming ingredients, you know, cleansing your face for 60 seconds, wearing SPF, start there, you know. Oftentimes, um, a lot of the skin issues that we have are self-inflicted, whether we know it or not. You know, like, do you use your skin sensitive or are you sensitized? You know, like, have you been using too many things that are causing irritation? And I think that gives you a good base point to say, okay, hypothetically, you do all those things and maybe nothing really changes or it changes like a little bit. And now you want to go to the next step. For women of color with cystic acne, I love mandelic acid. I think mandelic acid should be the one thing that you put into your routine if you're breaking out and then you have hyperpigmentation and you're a brown skin person. If your skin is a little bit lighter, I'd probably say go like salicylic acid or benzoyl peroxide root or retinol, maybe one of those three, but just one, (laughs) just one of the three and kind of see where your skin goes from there. Sometimes, I mean, of course, without really like knowing or seeing it's hard to, you know, really suggest something, but one of those three will absolutely help. If it's hyperpigmentation, of course, sunscreen, of course, sunscreen, um, but hyperpigmentation generally doesn't come without some type of inflammation, you know, like you got to have your pigmentation from somewhere. So you have to treat the source of your hyperpigmentation before you treat your hyperpigmentation, or you're always just going to be running around in a circle trying to play catch up. So really getting your acne under control is very primary. Granted, like you can't always control it, but if you figure out how to figure out the source of your inflammation and consistently tackle the source of your inflammation, you can definitely reduce your um, hyperpigmentation kind of inadvertently, which I think is a lot more fulfilling than just trying to tackle the hyperpigmentation, ignoring everything else. That totally makes sense. (laughs) Now, 
I feel like people especially go to estheticians when they want to look amazing, like for an event or they have like, yeah, I'm sure lots of your clients are like, I have XYZ coming up. I want to look amazing now. And I see you doing your beauty treatments on Instagram. Like you just did brow lamination, which by the way, you have the most incredible brows ever. I have microblading. You're like, everyone tells me every day that I have amazing brows. No, no, never. (laughs) Really? I mean, well, when I do my brows, I think I'm really good at doing my brows because I'm obsessed with brows and I don't have them. So I'm like coming from a place of lack. I'm like, how do I make them perfect? But I don't think my brows are very special. Okay. Looking at you, it looks like you have very full brows. So are you filling these in? Is this like a pencil moment? Yeah. This right here. (laughs) I'm alive. Okay. Well, you had me fooled because your brows look incredible. I mean, it looks like these very fine hair strips. Now tell me which pencil that is so I can buy it immediately. So this one's from um, Renee, who laminated my brows, Brad Oak Studios. So I either use that one. I Before, prior to using um, his, I use uh, Refry, Ref, Refry. Yes. Everyone's been telling me about Ref, Refy. I don't know how to... Refy? Yes. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm new. I'm learning about their products. People are obsessed, but I will certainly link in the show notes. Yes. And then prior to that, I use Glossier's Boy Brow and Brow Flick. So those are my four arsenal, but they all have very, you know, those very thin, fine strokes. And I am obsessive, like each tiny stroke. I went to um, aesthetic conference right before I moved to LA. So like 2016. Um, and I met Kelly Baker Brow and she had like a brow demo and she was like showing everyone how to um, do their brows. And I was locked in locked in so to this day i like still see and hear her demo so that's probably why i'm so good at my brows because i was studying her yeah (laughs) yeah and you take your time you don't just like you know draw it in with like a crayon um now so let's say i am i'm privileged enough to be one of your clients and i and i'm like i have this big event I'm going to the Met Gala next week and I want to look amazing. I want my skin to just be like shining on the red carpet. What do you recommend for people that are looking for a treatment, a facial, just something to just make their skin the best it's ever looked? I'll give you two options. If you're my client, I'm going to say, we're going to, you know, we're going to do a dermaplaning treatment and then we are going to do an enzyme treatment and then we're going to soak your face in every hydrating ingredient I have in my arsenal. (laughs) And I'm going to send you home with several of those hydrating ingredients and you will just look like a dewy little plump cherub on the red carpet. That's what I would do. If you're not my client, I would recommend getting a hydrofacial. Hydrofacials do pretty much the same thing. They exfoliate, they infuse serums, they really hydrate, they um, extract like a lot of um, congestion out of the skin, but they're like almost foolproof. So like you can go anywhere and get an amazing hydrofacial. The machine really does like an impeccable, impeccable job. Incredible. Love, 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 love hydrofacial. And about how much would a hydrofacial cost ballpark? It costs the treat around 250 to maybe 400. It's kind of an expensive treatment, but that is because the machine costs as much as the car. So I think it's a $36,000 machine. Wow. Um, So I know a lot of people complain, but that's why I say that because it's it's a lot. After you get a facial, you should look in the mirror and be like, wow, my skin looks amazing for at least a week. And then after that, it kind of starts to fade. Um, But you still have the benefits for about um, six weeks. 
Um, and then that's when we'd recommend four to six weeks. And then that's when we'd recommend you come back um, for another treatment. And you mentioned dermaplaning, which from what I understand, it's almost like shaving is probably not the right term, but it's like you're removing like a layer of like that soft hair that's on your face. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm a very hairless person. So I feel like I don't have a lot to like dermaplane, but what's, what's the philosophy behind dermaplaning? Why, why is it good for your skin? Yeah. So dermaplaning, um, online, it's those who have very hairy faces that have the, you know, like dramatic visually for like Instagram or for YouTube or for a camera, the before and after. You're not very hairy. Dermaplaning can be super effective because you are removing the very top layers of um, your like stratum corneum, um, like your very, very top layers of dead skin. It really allows products to penetrate deeper. It allows your face to just be like so smooth. Your makeup goes on so much easier. Um, what I love about dermaplaning is that the esthetician can determine what areas of your face need more or less exfoliation. So like, it's very um, like meticulous in that way, which I, I love, you know, like cause some areas of your face, like this area on your cheek, you know, may be super congested on you and on somebody else, you know, like they have rosacea and you need to completely avoid this area or only do like one little tiny pass. You're going to just get like this glow. Like it literally gives you new skin, you know, like you're shedding like a snake, like without, you know, doing a chemical peel. So it's, it's my favorite form of manual exfoliation by far. Love, 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 love it. Um, the Vela's hair coming off is a treat. But the the treatment is really for exfoliation. Got it. Now, what about those like little, like, you know, those little tiny plastic shavers that you see at the beauty supply store? They come in like pink and yellow and they're like, it's like a little blade. I've seen people use those to dermaplane. Is that safe? Is that risky? Can you really mess up your face? No, they're mostly just shaving their face. Like they're not getting as much dead skin coming off as with the dermaplaning razor because the dermaplaning razor is like a surgical blade. Like if you were to press down at 90 degrees, you're cutting your face open. So you can't do that with a brow razor, which is fine. You know, like I don't want people using scalpels at home. So that's fine. Um, I'm happy that it's significantly duller, but you're, you know, getting like as deep as a treatment. For some people, it's completely fine, you know, and you can do it and there's not much of an issue. For others, you can get a really bad like irritation, almost like razor burn all over your face. So it's definitely not for everyone. And the technique is fairly challenging. I mean, even when I dermaplane myself, I, you know, get little tiny nicks because it's difficult to like have the correct positioning to do it properly. So some people can do it. No issue. Um, some people cannot do it. No issue. I don't think that I could use um, just like a brow razor all over my face. I think my face would get really irritated, but I've seen people do it and there's no real issue. I don't recommend it, but if someone does it and they love it, I'm, I, I'm not going to stop them. Yes. Chemical peels. You brought up chemical peels. What are your thoughts? Love chemical peels. Love them. They're, they're some of like the most tried and true effective ways to reduce hyperpigmentation, breakouts, you know, really clear your pores, helps with fine lines, can help with melasma if you're using the right ones. You really just have to be careful and really trust your esthetician and, you know, see their results and make sure that they're using a, um, there's a lot of really effective chemical peels. So I generally don't recommend people go in with like, oh, I want like the perfect peel or I want the ivy peel or I want a specific peel. You can get amazing results with a lot of different peels. I think it just depends. Um, you just really have to trust that the esthetician like knows what they're doing and you've seen the results and um, it like matches what your expectations are. 
Yes. Okay. I'm definitely going to try a Hydra facial. I think that's like something I'm going to invest in. So thank you for that tip. So good. So you've been in the industry for a while and there's so many brands now that are trying to reach Black women, women of color. They have that as their target audience and you see everything, right? So what gaps or areas of opportunity do you see that are still left in the industry to reach women of color when it comes to skincare? There's definitely a bunch still. Um, it's it's still very difficult to find um, mineral SPFs that don't leave a cast on our skin. And there are still SPFs that um, will say, you know, like universal tint and they are not. That is a lie. <laughs> Absolutely. And it just it's, doesn't work for everyone. Um, so say that it doesn't work for everyone. And if you're embarrassed to say that doesn't work for everyone, reformulate it. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Like don't, don't do not. If it says universal and it doesn't work on me, like I have all right to throw a fit, you know? Um, I think that's very messed up. So that's a big one. Um, I would say treating, I don't like the way that the industry treats dry skin. I have dry skin and I'm acne prone and it's a very, very confusing place to be because a lot of acne prone products are for, um, oily skin are for oily skin. Yeah. And That's not, and a lot of dry skin products are not for acne skin. So that is a huge gap that I just don't think the industry speaks to that well. And I find that a lot of women of color have that issue, especially when women of color who live like up north, like in Canada, um, New York, Michigan, like the colder areas, I find that a lot um, in that, you know, kind of like belt. Body hyperpigmentation. I don't think we tackle body hyperpigmentation that well or like scarring that well for the body. We've gotten really good with like acne products um, for the body, but I think next step is products that treat hyperpigmentation and breakouts. This is wonderful free market research for people in product development listening. Because I, <laughs> I, I mean, everything you're saying as I pay attention to the industry and I just think about all the products that get released literally like every week, you're right. There is a huge opportunity in body hyperpigmentation and that's probably going to be like mm-hmm. 2023. Which is why Topicals does so well because it's a wide open lane. Yes. Like no one else does it like them. They've done an excellent job. And they really have. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, thank you for that because literally no one else really does it that well. Not even yeah, close. I know. How do you feel about all of these celebrity skincare lines that are popping up? I don't understand. I mean, I do understand because the skincare industry is huge, 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 huge. And I don't even think we've reached like the peak. We're not even at the balloon yet. So I understand like celebrities wanting to like get in on skincare. I just wish that they would actually like love skincare. Like I wish it like fit their brands, personal brands. I just don't understand why some people like no one's ever seen you wash your face on camera. Like, <laughs> why did you come up with a skincare brand? Like, no one knows you for your skin. You know what I mean? So like right. that I would like, I wouldn't hate it as much if it was celebrities who, you know, were known for having beautiful skin or loving beauty. But otherwise it just feels like a money grab. And a lot of the products that come out lately, there's like seven other products that do the same thing. Like they just wanted one with their name on it, which, okay, sure. But, you know, it doesn't move me (laughs) as someone who is, you know, so deep in the industry. So 
I totally agree. I get it, but also I still side eye it. So. <laughs> well, I have to know what your like top three favorite skincare products are right now. And I'm saying right now because it's too hard to ask people what your favorite of all time is. It's like, how can I choose? But right now, what are you loving? Right now, okay. So my favorite moisturizer right now is from Alleys of Skin. It is their treatment moisturizer. Their names are so long and ridiculous. I honestly don't even read them. <laughs> It's so hard. Ah, I have them so many treatment moisturizer. That's enough. People will find it via Google it's and I will beige. link to it in the show notes. It's a beige bottle. It's a beige bottle or a beige okay. tube. It's great. Love that. What else am I loving? Soft service clay mask Ooh. for the body. It's really been really great for like the I've, I've tested it on my chest and back. Usually I use um, like Nestor's exfoliant on my chest and back, but soft services does a really, 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 really beautiful clay mask, um, clay, sulfur, zinc. I think that's what's in it. Nice. Now that, now you brought up Nessacer, beautiful packaging. It's like, it's like the Aretha Franklin, like beautiful gowns, yes. beautiful packaging. And I like their body oil, but that exfoliator I have personally found to be for my body, just very underwhelming. It's like a very fine grain that I just feel like, un- and people like raved about it. They're like, you have to get this body scrub. They sent me a few. I just, I don't know. I didn't find that it exfoliated my skin. What kind of body scrubs do you like? I think I like like a, just more exfoliation. Like I think more of like a sugar scrub or something that just has a little bit more. It's coarser. Yeah. Coarse, coarser. Mm-hmm. Did you use it on dry skin? No, no. It, I used it wet in the shower. That is the game changer for me. Using it on dry skin first and then emulsifying it slightly. Okay, now you've just unlocked something. So you do the exfoliation on dry skin and then you do a little bit of the water to emulsify it. That is so smart. And I can see how that would make all of the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Game changer. Okay, thank you for that tip. Well, let me know if you like that, if that makes a difference for you. But I find that it made the difference for me. I'm going to try that. Okay, game-changing tip. What is a beauty mistake that you have made in your life as you reflect on you're just like, what was I thinking? Or I can throw this in for you because you see so many different clients. What's a beauty mistake that you see lots of other people making that you hope that people can learn from? Maybe having unrealistic expectations of what their skin is supposed to look like or what a product is supposed to do or how fast that product is supposed to work. I find that a lot of people are trying to like eliminate texture that doesn't really exist (laughs) Um, or, you know, trying to even out like their skin tone on their entire body, which is likely for a woman of color, not possible. Um, Just things like that. Yeah. People will often be like, how do you lighten elbows and knees? And I'm like, I I feel just your elbow. I mean, of course you can reduce the like darkness, I guess, but like, shouldn't like naturally aren't our elbows and knees always going to be a little bit darker than the skin on the rest of our body? Yeah. Elbows, knees, usually like lower part of the face, genitals, areas, sometimes underarm underarms um they're either hormonal areas or areas that just take a lot of like friction um from like the bending of like your knuckles even they're just going to be darker areas of the body and people don't like hearing that <laughs> but it's true you know like you can't always have your entire body the same exact color for some people that's totally possible and for other people it's not 
possible. Um, you can smooth out the skin. You can smooth out the texture of the skin. And sometimes that helps, you know, like removing some built up dead skin cells may help even the texture slightly, but perfection is not a thing in that area whatsoever. Yes. I'm so happy that you said that and just brought some reality to the conversation. You are a very busy person and you do so much. What do you do for self-care when you want to unwind? I love a long oil cleansing. Love it. Love it. Love it. I will oil cleanse my face for like 10 minutes and just drift away. (laughs) Um, I love it. It's like the facial massage, like the element again, like almost with a 60 second rule, like taking like that time for yourself to like really like physically, tangibly fingertips to face, like care for yourself, I think is extremely underrated. Like extremely. I feel like the face, you know, has so many like nerves and muscles that just relaxing them really gives you like a full body relaxation, similar to the feet, you know, like when you get a pedicure and you're like, wow, like that was a great face massage. Like you feel, you know, like you walk different, like you have like a whole different body alignment. I think you can do that with facial massage as well. Totally. I can tell how much you love skincare as you talk about it. And you also seem very meticulous. Are you, are you a Virgo by any chance? No, but my mom is a Virgo. So, you know. Oh my gosh. You're, I can tell you're like very like particular about things, which I am not. And I love that you are. Um, when do you feel most beautiful, Nye? Beautiful, freshly exfoliated, very moisturized. I love um, like when my hair is like super clean, like fresh out the shower, just being very clean. And being very moisturized, I just feel like you can feel like you can kind of like conquer the world, like feel very, it's just so good. That is my first answer. But my second answer would be like after getting a full body wax, not a very hairy person. So you probably live in this glorious, smooth land all the time, but I am very hairy. So like full body wax, I feel like a dolphin. I just feel like I'm so light and free. Like I could fly. It's the greatest feeling. So those are like my two. Amazing. Amazing. And you know, interesting that you mentioned full body wax. So many people write to me asking me about laser hair removal. And I'm like, I am not the girl to to come and ask this question. Um, This is like a negative concern of mine. But I've heard that lasers can be really tricky for dark skin. Have you do you have any intel on laser hair removal for women of color? Or I should say people of color? Yeah. So laser hair removal can be like a super effective um, treatment. Make sure you go to someone who can show you proof that they have done other people of color that are your complexion with ease because that that is like a tricky thing. Also, uh, the very popular lasers that people use can be really painful, I find, for people of color. Um, When I was getting laser hair removal, it was just like very, very painful. I'm like, why does it hurt so bad when they advertise that it doesn't? Um, And it's just because my skin is so dark. But they're now laser technology, thankfully, moves at rapid speed. So there are lasers that um, are able to, you know, treat skin of color with less pain. I can't remember the name of them, (laughs) but they exist. Um, So you really just have to go to someone who is experienced. And if they tell you that like they can't do it, or if you get any inclination that they are uncomfortable, run, don't force them, don't get mad, just leave. (laughs) Yes. Because hesitancy, is a, is a, is a strong. Yeah, absolutely. Do not run in the other direction. It will be bad. 
If they are 100% certain, they can show you examples of other people of color that they've treated. They know exactly what to do. They know how to, you know, dial down the laser, what strengths. You're good. Such great advice. I feel like this has been such an informative hour of conversation. I have learned so much. I'm just also just rooting for you. I'm, I'm, I've been seeing you grow and grow like month after month. And like, I think you are one of the most incredible beauty content creators like on any platform. Yeah. So I'm so happy to be able to speak with you. And um, I feel like you come back and like, I, I want to do like a listener Q&A where like the naked beauty community sends in questions, like their specific skincare questions. And then like, you answer them. I know it's expensive to get an appointment with you, but maybe this can be like a way to scale your advice uh, to the naked beauty community. Of course, I'd love to. I love answering questions. I love answering skincare questions. Honestly, truly, I could do it all day. Uh, oh my gosh. Well, I used to uh, answer questions for this brand called Shop Hush. They don't really exist anymore, but it was just like rapid fire. I would be on their um, Instagram and they'd ask me questions and I'd answer them. Like I was... I don't even know, but it was great. I absolutely love it. Whenever you are ready, I'm down. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and story with us today. And I will link in the show notes to everything so that people can find you. They can subscribe to your YouTube. They can follow you everywhere. And thank you so much. Have a great time. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. And that was my conversation with Nye. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed talking with her. Definitely, definitely give her a follow if you are not as well. And yeah, just take care of your skin. I love the emphasis on connection between your hands and your face and really just taking that time for yourself. That's what it's all about. That's why I love skincare so much. And thank you for listening. If you have never rated the show and you're listening on Spotify, you can now review shows on Spotify. So if you love Naked Beauty, please give me five stars. I would really, really appreciate that. And I'll be back with a new episode later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.